Hi, everybody. Welcome to another session of Bible Prophecy Radio. I'm Albert Hardy, your host. Today I want to talk about something that everybody seems to be wanting and desiring, and I'm here to say that they need to stop, because this is not right. I'm here to try to straighten out some of the mess. And what I'm talking about is the rapture. Now, many of you out there listening will think, yeah, I can't wait for the rapture. That's going to be so cool. We're going to be out of here. We're going to be snatched away and taken to Jesus' side to avoid all the problems. Now, where does that come from? Where does the idea of the rapture come from? And is it legitimate? Is it right? First stop, Revelation 3.10. Here's what it says. Well, let's back up to verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. We all want to be Philadelphians, don't we? It was the only church, or one of the only churches, out of the seven churches in Asia Minor, i.e. Turkey today, that uh, God commended. These things says he that is holy and he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it, for you have a little strength, a little power. In the Greek, it's the word dynamis, where we get the word dynamite from. And have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Those are good things. Verse 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, that's probably in the spiritual sense, but are not, and do lie. Behold, I will make them to excuse me, come and worship before your feet, and know that I have loved you. And here's verse 10. Because you have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep you from the hour of temptation or trial, which shall, um, let's see, which shall our is to come. Oh, okay, that's in a parenthetical way to put it. I didn't see that which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth, unquote. And that's the basis. We're going to be protected. God said so. Jesus said so right here, Revelation 3, verse 10. Because you have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep you from the hour of trial. But, let us not forget the rest of this. Verse 12. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the city of my um, God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven 
from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Okay, but it's him that overcomes. Whoa, 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 wait a minute now. We don't have to overcome anything. We're going to be wafted off, siphoned off, suctioned out, um, snatched away in the in the uh, rapture. No, he, he didn't say that. He said, him that overcomes. Now let's go to Matthew 24, verses 9 through 14. Verse 9 says, They shall deliver you up to be afflicted. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait a minute. Deli- no. No, we, we're going to be raptured out of here. We're going to be snatched away, aren't we? Well, that's not what Jesus said. He said, These are the beginning of sorrows, and they will deliver you up to be afflicted. Afflicted? You mean like going without food? Yes. How about getting beat up or chased? And you're out there like a, a, a renegade dog or something. They shall kill you. <laughs> Wait a minute now. We, we got to get out of here, right? No. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. That doesn't sound much like we're raptured out of here. Not one bit. And then shall many be offended and stumble and betray one another and shall hate one another. This doesn't sound good at all. No, this doesn't sound like some cushy uh, snatching away or, or um, come on with me, let's go. Let's, let's go on vacation. Let's hide our heads in the sand and not think about all the trouble that we're going to face. Let me ask you something. Isn't there a benefit in suffering? Yes, there is. We must need suffer that we might also be glorified together with him. Where's that in Scripture? It's in Romans chapter 8, unless I'm mistaken. Romans 8 and verse, let's start in uh, 17. Maybe. Um, well, let's go back to um, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So that's one prerequisite right there. God's Spirit must be in us, active. We must be men and women of action doers. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That is, Daddy. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are children, then we're also heirs That means people that are going to inherit something. Heirs of God. We're going to inherit God. Yep. And joint heirs with Christ, if so be. Get this? If so be that we suffer with him, 
that we might also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of all the creation waits for the manifestation or the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Bingo. In other words, we must suffer. After all, how can we say, Oh, I feel so sorry for you. How can I help? How can I love you? Well, start with giving me somebody that's already been through what I've gone through, that knows what I'm talking about. I don't want somebody that hasn't suffered to help me. No, I want somebody that's experienced. You go to get a job somewhere, they don't want somebody off the street that doesn't know how to do the job. They want somebody already experienced. So they're going to go to the top of the stack of resumes. And so it is. We must suffer in order to be ready. We want to get ready for the uh, return of Jesus for sure. I do. Well, I think every Christian should and, and want that. And it's not like we're going to die and go to heaven. That's not what the Bible says. It says that God's going to come and live here. He's going to have his feet set down on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem and rule and reign there. He's going to be the king of the whole earth and rule and reign and will be there ruling and reigning with him. So, I wanted to compare Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21 to see if they had it in the right order, all the things that he predicted. And what are those things? Wars and rumors of more wars. Nation rising against nation, that's uh, world war. Famines, pestilences and earthquakes. These are the beginning of sorrows. We're not even near the rapture, or the so-called rapture, the snatching away. I have mentioned before on this podcast that um, I had met the author, the actual author, of the Left Behind series, where all this uh, fad has come about from. They fanned into flame something that shouldn't have been fanned into flame, in, in my opinion. But Jerry Jenkins told me, well, I asked him point blank, and I've said this before, is this based on scripture or on fiction? He said fiction. Right off the bat, right off the cuff. It's not based on scripture then it's not to be followed as if it were real. This is art. This isn't reality. This isn't the truth of God. This isn't the way it is in the Bible. The reason I mention this is because our little town of Sebring, Florida, has Monday Night in Prophecy. It's put on by a gentleman that I know very well, 
And I'm interested in prophecy, so I go, you know, I, I still go. Regardless of the fact that he says, we're going to be out of here. No, no, we're not. Does Jesus come at the first trumpet or the last trumpet? There's seven trumpets in, in Revelation. He comes at the last trump. So let's not be looking like we're going to be out of here. It's not quite ready time-wise yet. So um, anyway, what does it say in some of the other uh, passages here? Well, we'll be hated of all nations. We'll betray one another. Many false prophets shall arise. And because iniquity or sin will be so bad... And this is in uh, verse 12 of Matthew 24. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Does that mean us Christians? Well, <laughs> afraid so. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved alive. It's not talking about a spiritual salvation here. It's talking about quite a literal salvation. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. You see, it's not until the end. But let's keep going. All the way down to verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation. And he's the one that coined those two words together. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And, get this. This is, wow, powerful. And except those days be shortened. Except those days be shortened. There shall no flesh be saved alive. No one's going to survive. But for the elect's sake, and that's you and me, those days shall be shortened. He doesn't want the world to go completely dead. But instead of billions on the earth, there'll only be millions. That's a big loss. It's like, by then, it may be 10 billion people alive on the planet, and it be reduced to 10 million? Whoa. That's a big loss of life. Except those days be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. I mean, it's going to get ugly and get bad, but Jesus hasn't yet predicted that we're going to go anywhere. Dropping down to verse 24, Matthew 24, 24. And there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect, you and me. Wow. Be careful. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you hear. Then in verse 27... Uh, 
let's see, uh, for as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So that happens first. There's no snatching away yet. Jesus is coming in the clouds like lightning, and every eye will see him. Now, it says, for wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. For whosoever, or I'm sorry, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Okay, so the carcass, in my view, would probably refer to Jesus himself. He's the one that was slain. And uh, we're the eagles. We're the ones that eat of him and drink his blood. We eat his bread and or his flesh. It represents his flesh. And drink his blood, the wine. If you take the Passover, you're a child of God. In other words, you eat the cup. I, I mean, eat the bread and drink the cup. That's a prerequisite, seems to me, because it shows our dedication to him. And then get verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. We don't see the rapture yet, but the sun's going to be darkened. How's that? Read chapter 34 of Isaiah and you'll find out all the details. Basically, they're going to be having a war in the Middle East, particularly around Jerusalem, Jerusalem itself, all of Judea, uh, and all the surrounding countries. And eventually, the oil fields are going to get nuked. You heard it right. Read chapter 34 of Isaiah. In fact, we can go there for a second. I'll just briefly read it. I know I've read it before several times. And let me tell you, this isn't fun to read. This is scary. It says, Come near, verse 1, Come near you nations to hear and all that is therein. Let the earth hear and all that is therein, the world and all things that come, that come forth from it. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations. He's justifiably angry with each and every nation, including the United States of America. And we have a lot of good reasons why God would hate us, truly. We don't really get much right anymore. It's too bad. It's a shame. It's a disgrace, starting with the top down. I mean, nobody's perfect, true, but... We're leading people in the wrong direction away from God, or at least we were until the current administration, and he's actually getting some things done that need to be done and undone that needed to be undone, actually never done in the first place. But he has utterly destroyed, excuse me, utterly destroyed the armies. Get that, that's verse 2, and delivered them to slaughter. And then get verse 4, and all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll, 
and their uh, leaves, like the leaf that falls from the vine, and falling uh, figs from a fig tree. My sword shall be bathed or drink its fill from the air, i.e. heaven, and it, com- it comes down on Idumea. Well, where, pray tell, is Idumea? Is it in Africa? No. How about China? No. How about Russia? No. How about the United States? No. South America? No. How about Australia? No. Idumea is Babylon. Now, Nebuchadnezzar ruled the world at one point in time, but there were only people in the Babylonish uh, realm. It's called Idumea here in chapter 34, verse 5 of Isaiah. And upon the people of my curse to judgment, dropping down to verse 9, to save time, you can read this whole chapter. It's pretty blue and scary. But 35 is so cool because it's the return of Christ. And it tells what he's going to do. It's so neat. But verse 9 says, The streams thereof, that is of Idumea, in other words, the Middle East, uh, shall be turned into pitch. Now, what's pitch? It's asphalt, it's tar, it's oil. And the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land thereof shall become burning pitch. Well, no wonder we have a problem with the sky. Let's jump over real quick to Revelation 9 and verse 2 for a second. And it's all through here. Chapter 9 of Revelation and verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Whoa, that's really, really, really scary. Ah, but, you know, I talked to one evangelist who told me, that's just over there, don't worry about it, it'll never come to the United States, it's a half a world away, man. And I told him, where have you been? Have you been sleeping all this time? I mean, read Zephaniah 1, verses 14 through 18. Or jump over to Joel 2 and verse 3 and 10. Or Amos 5 and verses 18 and 20. Or Revelation 8 and verse 12. Let's just go there. 8, 12. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten. This is the sun. The sun shines all the way around the world. And a third part of the moon and third part of the stars, so that the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Well, that's just when it begins. Let's continue that burning for years and see what happens. Well, the sun and the air are darkened, by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, let's pull one out of the Old Testament. 
Let's just go to Zephaniah four, or 1 and verse 14. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastes greatly. The voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man, shall cry there bitterly. Uh-oh. That day is a day of wrath, a day of distress and trouble, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Well, isn't that exactly what we just read? A day of clouds and thick darkness. Well, maybe it's only for a day. Well, it's more like a season, a long day, a long set of years, really. A day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities, against the high towers and embattlements. And I will bring distress upon men, and they will walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord, and their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh like dung. Neither shall silver or gold be able to deliver them on the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he shall make a speedy riddance, even a terrible end, of all them that dwell in the land. And then in chapter 2, verse 9, Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be as Sodom and the children of Ammon as Gomorrah. That's scary stuff. There's nothing left but ash. Well, anyway, for the day of the Lord will be terrible to them. He will famish all the gods, the little gods of the earth, money, status, prestige, etc. Everyone from his place, from all the islands of the heathen nations. In verse 8 of chapter 3, he says um, that I may assemble the kingdoms, and pour upon them my indignation, even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. This isn't talking about a little local spot in the Middle East. This is talking about worldwide. Now, why would it go worldwide? Well, the earth turns, and as it does, that smoke billowing up and rising up and combining the molecules of the hydrocarbons that are in that oil to the air molecules, it can't be rinsed out by rain. In in fact, it destroys all weather. There will be no rain, and it will be hot. You know, we talk about uh, nuclear winter, It's not going to be a nuclear winter. It's going to be a nuclear super summer with temperatures in the 140-degree range. And that's my estimation. I guarantee you that. But it says that men will be scorched and seared as with a hot iron. Uh, I don't think I like the sound of that at all. No. Well, then how is God going to deliver us and keep us from the evil one in that day? 
Revelation 3.10, we're back there again. Because you have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep you from the hour of temptation or trial, which shall come, no wait, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Well, it's certain that we're going to go through some things because in verse 12 he says we would have to endure and overcome. So, what happened in former days? Did not God deliver the children of Israel through the waters? They didn't go around the waters. They didn't go over the waters and land on the other side, nice and safe and sweet. No. First, they had to wait on God to take action. And then when he opened the Red Sea so that they went through on dry ground, of course, there was a land bridge built under the water years in advance so that this could all come about and happen. And it's the only place in the Red Sea where that is. Well, anyway, there's a lot on my website, itellwhy.com, a lot of videos. You can see this land bridge I'm talking about. But no, we had to go through the waters to get to the other side. And so we can go through any trial or trouble But God will be right there with us and protect us as we go through the troubles. He's kept us from the trouble because we went through it with him. Stay close to him. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, or you can go to jesusiswhy.com. And you can email me at jesusiswhy at gmail.com. If you have a question, I'd love to help you with it. Please send me an email, jesusiswhy at gmail.com. So until next time, we'll pick this up again. I care about you because you care about prophecy. And prophecy is important if you're going to be ready for the return of Christ. So hopefully your minister can help you with that. But anyway, until next time, I'm Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day.